Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Black and Cold, a true crime podcast for the overshadowed. My name is Nichelle. I am your host, and today I am back with a brand new episode after being MIA for I don't even know how long, y'all. It actually feels kind of weird recording again, but here I am. I've been in great spirits lately, and I am just super excited to be back. If you are a fan of BNC and have not done so already, be sure to follow us on whatever platform you get your podcast from, and don't forget to drop a rating or leave a lovely review for me. If you would like to submit a case suggestion in, that link can be found in this episode's show notes. Then last, but certainly not least, for any news, photo references, or updates on prior cases that I've covered, you can follow me on Instagram, and that is at black underscore cold underscore podcast. Now, today I'm actually going to be telling you guys about two very suspicious missing persons cases that come out of the state of Tennessee. They are not connected in any type of way. But the cases of these two men are both pretty concerning and hopefully shedding some light on their stories can spark up a conversation somewhere and maybe reach a much wider audience. This is Black and Cold, episode number 71, where I will be telling you about the disappearances of Byron Edwards and Chadwick Carr. are in Knoxville, Tennessee for this portion of the episode. It is the year 2022, which was last year from when I'm recording this, and 30-year-old Byron Edwards was getting prepared for one of the most, if not the most, exciting time in his life. You see, Byron's girlfriend, Kanisha Bond, who he had been dating for some time, was just moments away from giving birth to their baby girl that they were both looking forward to bringing into this world. Byron and Kanisha had only been dating officially for about two years, but they had actually known each other for over five. So needless to say, they were a very close couple that was ready for this huge milestone. Leading up to the days of the arrival of their daughter, Byron began his baby shopping, and more specifically, Kanisha says he was looking forward to buying a new crib. According to interviews with some of his loved ones, Byron also made sure he attended every single doctor's appointment, and he stayed by his girlfriend's side throughout it all. So on Sunday, March 20th, 2022, when Byron was at Kanisha's house and they were spending some time with each other, It just seemed like another typical day. Reporting is a little conflicted in different sources, but sometime between 4.30 and 6.30 p.m. that evening, 
Byron began to wrap up his time at Kanisha's home, and he wanted to go back to his grandmother's house, whom he was living with at the time, and this was about 10 miles away from Kanisha. Now, he did not drive, but Kanisha recalled to NBC's Dateline that typically Byron would just call someone and get a ride. However, on this day in particular, he wasn't having the best of luck finding somebody to pick him up. It was reported that Byron made attempts to contact his brother, but their grandmother, Marilyn Hamilton, went on to tell Dateline that the brother was celebrating his birthday at the moment and he wasn't able to come and get Byron until later on. So between struggling to find a ride Then you had a very pregnant Kanisha who was exhausted. Byron just sort of left on his own. He went out the back door and started walking. Fast forwarding to some time ahead after he attended a dinner, Byron's brother had actually made his way over to Kanisha's home to pick him up, according to Marilyn. When he got there, though, Kanisha informed him that Byron had already left. This would be a significant turning point for this case because once Byron did exit Kanisha's home, which was located in East Knoxville on the 2300 block of Riverside Drive, he would oddly disappear without a trace. So just to tell you a little bit about Byron before I go on, he was born and raised in the city of Knoxville. He has been described as being a gentleman, caring, someone who is always smiling, and someone who is very family-oriented. Byron comes from a big family, and he remained in contact with his loved ones all the time, especially his mom, Nicole, his grandmother, Marilyn, and his very close cousin, Chiquita, who has, too, been a huge advocate in his case. For a large portion of his life, Byron also dealt with an unspecified medical condition, and this could prompt him to have seizures sometimes. And with that, he was on this medication that he needed to take frequently, otherwise it could be critical for him. Leading up to his disappearance, Byron was reported to be very excited about becoming a father, And it appears that Kanisha had no complaints whatsoever when it came down to him regarding this. As mentioned, he was at every single doctor's appointment with her, and the people closest to him could see the eagerness that Byron had on becoming a new parent. According to her interview with local station WBIR, Kanisha actually told Byron the news about her pregnancy on his birthday. So that was just like another added layer of excitement on his already special day. So how does an excited father-to-be suddenly vanish out of nowhere and why? Going back to the day that he walked out of his girlfriend's home, hours began to go by. And once his family realized that no one to their knowledge had picked Byron up, This is when they started to try and contact him so they could figure out where he went or where he was. Remember, Byron initially wanted to make his way over to his grandmother's house, which was in the northwest section of Knoxville and about a 10-mile walk. 
So after a significant amount of time had passed, it had to be concerning for her when he didn't show up. All the calls that Marilyn attempted to make to her grandson that day were going unanswered, and she just felt something didn't seem right from this. As she says, Byron always answered her calls. It was also reported in NBC's Dateline that Byron was supposed to attend church with Marilyn that day, which I'm not sure what time they were supposed to go, but ultimately he didn't show up back home to meet her, nor did he ever get to church in general, and this was very unlike him. And from here, this is when Marilyn began to contact her daughter, Nicole, Byron's mother, as well as her other grandchildren, just to see if maybe he was with them, or maybe at least they heard from him, but they did not. Once everyone kind of caught wind of what was going on, Byron's family kind of began their own search for him from there. They called hospitals, jails, all the people that he knew, and they even searched different areas for him. We have to keep in mind that Byron was actively taking medication that could be detrimental to him if he didn't have it. His seizures could sometimes lead him to being disoriented and not knowing his whereabouts. So his loved ones really tried to look for him in any chance that this was the case. Now, from what I've gathered, you know, they expected his prompt return eventually. But it wasn't until he missed Kanisha's doctor's appointment on Tuesday, March 22nd, that red flags just started going off for all of them. And this was because Byron never missed any of her appointments. Per the Dateline article, which was written in June of 2023, Byron's family notified the authorities of Knoxville about him missing on March 22nd, and this was two days after he was last seen. Now, I must note that according to the East Valley Crime Stoppers website, they have him listed as reported missing on March 24th, 2022. This could be because his family was advised to wait 48 hours, as we know that is something that happens often with missing persons cases. I am unsure here, but either way, around this time, this is when the Knoxville Police Department were notified and they began looking into Byron's disappearance. One of the first things that were obvious in this investigation to both his family and law enforcement was that Byron's phone eventually died after a while, as the device could not receive any more phone calls. Now, the location of his phone was last picked up on March 20th, the day he went missing, and it was literally not too far from the same vicinity of Kanisha's home, near View Park Drive. With no help from any type of significant cell phone data, Byron's loved ones were hoping that a more extensive search done by investigators could give them some type of answers. I mean, his daughter was expected to be born in any day now, which they obviously did not want him to miss. And news station WACE6 also stated that his family doesn't believe he took any money with him. So everything at this point was just very suspicious and it left everyone worried. 
Detectives of the Knoxville Police Department eventually did searches in the wooded area where Byron walked out of Kanisha's home from. According to Detective Christopher Bell, who responded to Dateline, this included the help of canine dogs, but authorities did not find anything leading them to the 30-year-old. Detective Bell went on to say, quote, they, meaning the police, have also followed up on multiple leads of individuals with possible information regarding Edwards' whereabouts, but those efforts did not provide any additional clarity on the situation, end quote. Although we know that no one can really just up and poof, disappear without a trace, Byron's vanishing has absolutely left no clues or helpful information behind which could even assist someone with locating him. His family even continued to do their own searches, their own investigation, but they had no additional luck. And when I first started reading about Byron's case, period, one of the first things I thought to myself was his cell phone records, as maybe they could provide some context to something. And that's what his family says they have been waiting for for over a year. But when that came back, the cell phone records did not help in this investigation per Knoxville's Detective Bell. Although they know where his phone last pinged, which was near Kanisha's home, Detective Bell stated, quote, Without the phone in possession, we can't get more reliable information, end quote. Unfortunately, that is all that is really known regarding Byron's disappearance. And what is even more heartbreaking was that he was not able to be there for the birth of his baby girl, who was eventually born on April 14th, 2022, which was just short of a month after Byron was last seen. His daughter was born with a rare heart condition, which already took a toll on Kanisha as well as the rest of his family. But as of today, we are now over a year, about a year and a half from when Byron went missing. And his daughter needs her father, and his loved ones are just hoping they have the opportunity to be with each other one day and soon. Now, although this case and the next one that I'm about to share have very scarce information, I think it's obvious that Byron's disappearance is highly suspicious. His grandmother mentioned to a couple of media outlets that when he was younger, as probably a late teen or a man in his 20s, Byron did hang out with people who were gang-affiliated, which she brought up as maybe being a connection to him going missing. But again, this was over a decade ago. And although it's always a possibility, it doesn't seem like his loved ones believe that that is likely. Byron has been changed the company that he kept, and he was on a whole different path for years. So everything to them is just very odd. To be at every doctor's appointment with your pregnant girlfriend, then to suddenly disappear, to be without critical medication that is needed, and then to miss the birth of your first daughter? Hmm. 
this case definitely doesn't sit right with me. And I know it's got to be frustrating for the people that are closest to Byron, as there has been no type of trace left behind of him to even know where to start looking, if anything. And just watching his family's interviews, it's like, genuinely, they all seem really stunned. And they're all continuing to ask themselves, what happened to Byron? Byron's loved ones are continuing to ask the public for assistance, and law enforcement is also asking the public for assistance. As we know now, there is very little to even go on in this investigation, and his case has gone cold. Byron's information has been inserted into NamUs, which you guys already know I mention all the time. And if you happen to be a newer listener of BNC, NamUs is the National Missing and Unidentified Person System. It is a database that holds records of people that have gone missing or individuals who have gone unidentified or unclaimed. At the time of his disappearance, Byron was 30 years old and described as being six foot one and weighing approximately 205 pounds. Black and Cold's Instagram will contain a photo or photos, but anyone with information regarding the disappearance of Byron Edwards is asked to contact East Valley Crime Stoppers at 865-215-7165. All right, so let's jump into the next case in this episode, which is regarding the disappearance of a 32-year-old man named Chadwick Carr. Now, just like Byron, originally Chadwick is from Knoxville, Tennessee, Knox County, but at the time of his disappearance, which was in 2021, he was actually living in Anderson County, which is about an hour west from where he grew up. As described by his family members, Chadwick is very much known to be a big jokester. His sister, Whitney Williams Carr, told Dateline in June of 2021 that her brother really thinks he is a comedian, and with that, he always brings a smile to people's faces. Chadwick is frequently known to post humorous content to his social media, which really showcases his playful personality. So about a year and a half before he went missing, which I'm about to touch on his disappearance in just a few, the Carr family became aware that Chadwick was struggling with a drug addiction, but he knew he wanted to go a different route in life and try to get clean. So I believe it was earlier on in that year, in the beginning of 2021, that's when Chadwick was introduced to a sober living community called the Foundation Recovery House, located in Clinton, which is in the Oliver Springs area of Anderson County. Per the East Tennessee Enlightener, Chadwick checked himself in, and he was expected to stay there for three months, which is how long the program ran for. Once Chadwick began to settle in and he got comfortable there, his loved ones could tell that his life was making a complete turnaround. Now, with the help of this recovery program, 
Chadwick was able to land a job as a construction worker, which he ended up loving because he really liked to build things and work with his hands. And according to Alan Roberts, who was the person that ran this whole community, Chadwick even saved up enough money to buy himself a vehicle, and he eventually brought a van. Allen went on to tell local station WBIR that Chadwick was well-liked by the other residents, he was hardworking, and most importantly, he was very serious about his recovery journey. But after getting so close to the finish line of his 90-day treatment, Allen became shocked to learn that no one could locate where Chadwick was. On the evening of Saturday, May 1st, 2021, at around 8 o'clock p.m., Chadwick was on the phone with his sister, Whitney. He was at the recovery facility where he had been staying, and I read that he had stepped outside. According to Whitney, she was speaking with her brother per usual. The conversation was going well, and then at one point during their talk, Chadwick put his phone down so he could light a cigarette. When he did this, though, Whitney said she could hear her brother talking in the background with someone. The conversation was very faint from her end, but from what I've gathered, she tried to get his attention a couple of times, and this was obviously because she was still on the line. But Chadwick never picked up the phone again. Somewhere in between all of this, Whitney either hung up or the two of them got disconnected, and she immediately tried to call her brother back. Whitney called and called and called, but Chadwick, who she was just speaking to, did not answer the phone. Their conversation was not that long to begin with, and although Whitney was not aware of who her brother was speaking to that night, In her interview she did with WBIR, she stated that she did try to reach him, but the phone just kept ringing. The next day on May 2nd, which was a Sunday, Whitney received a call around 3 o'clock p.m. And this is when she was notified by one of Chadwick's friends at the recovery house that he never showed up to one of their morning group meetings. From here, Whitney then became aware that her brother did not show up to his shift at work that day. And from just those facts alone, on top of the sudden disconnect on the phone and not hearing back from Chadwick the night before, Whitney immediately began to worry. The worrying, however, would quickly become fear after it was learned that Chadwick's van that he had just purchased was left behind his cell phone, wallet, the van keys, and get this y'all, one single flip-flop was recovered from the grass in front of this recovery house. So I think it became pretty apparent from here that Chadwick did not have any of his important personal items one would maybe take if they were going somewhere with the plan on returning. And just like the one flip-flop is crazy. Chadwick's mother, Krista, and his sister filed a missing persons report for him with the Anderson County Sheriff's Department. 
In addition to them, NBC's Dateline reported that Knoxville, the Knoxville police, too, joined the searches for the 32-year-old. Now, after about two weeks from when Chadwick disappeared, Detective Slater of Anderson County released a statement saying that authorities have basically exhausted all of their efforts in both Anderson and Knox County. The property of the residence where Chadwick was staying, this was obviously searched in addition to following up on other tips that came in days after he went missing. Although Chadwick's personal items were left behind and found through some odd circumstances, which is unlike Byron's case, similarly, he just seemed to vanish, leaving not much information for authorities to go on. And I have to say, again, that Chadwick was coming to an end of his 90-day program at the Foundation Recovery House located in Clinton. Krista stressed that her son was doing very well there, and then you had Alan Roberts, who ran the program, and he was the one that told WBIR News 10 back in March 2023 that Chadwick was well-liked, he was serious about his journey, and he seemed to be on a positive path. Now, that interview is the only information I've been able to find with anyone from that facility, as myself, I'm sure you as a listener, and any other bystander would think, how the hell do somebody disappear off of a property like this? Chadwick's loved ones, along with law enforcement, are in need of the community's help regarding his vanishing. His family has been greatly affected by his absence, which I could only imagine, but they have made it known that they are not going to give up. The cases of both Chadwick Carr and Byron Edwards have not seemed to generate much coverage, and this is exactly why I have a platform like Black and Cold. And to add, there are many other podcasts out there doing the same for us. And it's interesting because I get a lot of comments on different episodes through Spotify. And if you are not a Spotify listener, it kind of has this new feature where you can answer a question after finishing an episode. I do have the option to edit the question however I like, but I haven't gotten to that as of yet. So I kept it at the standard question that was put in place. And that is, what did you think about this episode? I'm only bringing this up because I want to mention that out of all the comments I receive, majority of them say the same exact thing or at least something to the nature of, wow, I never heard anything about this case before and I live in that area. If I have any Tennessee listeners, this is an episode for you, especially if you reside in Knoxville, Clinton, Oliver Springs, look at the pictures of these two men. Say their names. Spread the word. If you recall seeing anything or if something just may seem familiar, reach out to the contact information provided. 
There are two families who are actively still searching today on their own as the investigations of both of their loved ones, they just went cold. And sad to say, but the world is not going into a frenzy or sensationalizing their disappearances. And we know why. So the public's help is needed here. This podcast may not be the biggest, but I always relay the same message. And that is that you never know who is listening. And any useful information, whether it's big or small, could always go a long way. At the time of his disappearance, Chadwick Carr was 32 years old. He has been described as being five foot nine and weighing approximately 230 pounds. Chadwick has a bald head and he was last seen wearing black shorts, a black tank top, and tan flip-flops. Anyone with information regarding his disappearance is asked to contact the Anderson County Dispatch, and that's at 865-457-2414.